With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, what is good? Another epi, you know what I'm saying? I think we're on 31. It's a pretty good number. 31 is, uh, what was a good 31? My buddy, Mike Kimmy, was uh, a baller at my high school. His name thirty number 31. That's a pretty good 31. Um, I believe Lazelle Durden for the Cincinnati Bearcats was number 31. Um, so shout out to uh, Epi31. We made it, dude. You know what I mean? I appreciate y'all rolling with your boy. Um, keep pushing this thing. We got also to keep pushing dates and stuff like that. You know anybody in Pittsburgh? Come through. December 22nd. I'm in Pittsburgh. Uh, and then December 20 or no, December 30th, I'm in Kansas City. That'll be a fun one. Was it Knuckleheads? Um, I just met the dude that owns it. He was actually on the show in Jacksonville with me. Um, good dude. And I think we're going to move some tickets there. I got, I, I'm hoping I have a decent following in both of those markets. Pittsburgh people fuck with me probably just out of hate for the Bengals. But I'm excited to line up the thing in Pittsburgh. You know why? Because it's been the hardest fucking city of the whole tour to, to figure out. And I don't think it's a coincidence that we fucking hate each other in the football sense. Um, I literally had, at the beginning of this season, I had a buddy of mine that's been kind of trying to facilitate some of the booking of the um, the shows is from Pittsburgh. And he was like, yo, we'll be able to line this up, line something up. The place closed down like a month later. So we had to figure out another place and we had something on the books, but, or no, we never had it on the books, but we had something that was looking promising. They fell through. They ended up not being able to help us. And finally, like two weeks ago, we finally had a a situation locked in. Um, They confirmed it and all that shit. And it was like, I don't know, I've never been to Pittsburgh, so I don't know what part of town is, but the, it's like a heavy bar scene part of town or whatever. I don't know. Downtown Pittsburgh, somewhere, wherever they filmed the fucking Batman movies, somewhere in there. And um, literally last weekend, I get a call. We're two weeks out from the show or like, yeah, something like that. And the owner looked at my IG and saw that I was a Bengals fan and saw kind of the tour that I was doing and pulled the plug on the fucking show. So he thought that there was there was an assumption that there would be like too many Bengals fans there and it's Pittsburgh and then there would be more fights in the bar than he was ready for or something like that. Meanwhile, I've been doing this tour for the whole season. You know, I know that Pittsburgh is definitely like the biggest rivalry, but we did Cleveland, we did uh, Baltimore. Like Baltimore for sure was the most aggressive the night of the show, but it's the night before the show, or I'm sorry, the night of the game, I should say. But it's the night before the game. It's like, I don't know. I just feel like this is a comedy show. I've never seen people fight at my fucking shows. That's not what's happening. And if it's Bengals fans and Steelers fans, like we don't like each other, but it's not like it was like, I don't think either of us think we're going to win the Super Bowl this year. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, try to invoke violence at my fucking comedy shows. You know what I mean? We're just talking a little shit. So fuck this owner um, who pulled the plug on it because that would have me scrambling for the last fucking couple of days. And it's been fucking stressful just trying to figure it out. Sorry if you're watching on YouTube. I'm trying to make sure that this video is recording. It is. Um, but yeah, it's been stressful. And it's it's funny. It's ironic to me that the city that's been giving me the most shit is fucking Pittsburgh. 
because I'm trying to be, I'm actually trying to go to these cities and open my mind up to what the, the city could be. You know what I mean? Like make sure that I'm not closed off to the idea that these cities could be cool. Like pulling up to Baltimore. I was like, this is actually kind of a dope city. Seems fine. Affordable to live in. Uh, decent bar scene. Decent uh, restaurants. Every restaurant I went to is pretty damn good, actually. Um, you know what I mean? I'm trying to like get an idea of what these cities are all about. Uh, Cleveland, obviously a big rivalry. I went there with an open mind. It was as shitty as I thought it was going to be. You know what I mean? It was pretty bad. Um, horrible weather. Um, you know, the lake looked pretty depressing. It was it was right on brand with what I already had thought. But, you know, I went in there with an open mind. You know what I'm saying? But Pittsburgh has just been fucking jerking my chain, pretty much. And it's been uh, annoying. But we did finally figure it out. Luckily, I'm attached to something called Don't Tell Comedy. I run it here in Los Angeles. It's one of the dopest comedy uh, shows you can see in any city that you live in. Any major city we're doing shows in. And so I'm going to do the show through Don't Tell Comedy. We're going to do it at a venue that they have lined up in Pittsburgh for me. Um, it'll be cool. It's not the typical setup but honestly it'll probably be a very fun show um and if you're in pittsburgh come through to the show if you're listening to this if you know anybody in pittsburgh tell them to fucking pull up i won't talk shit to you directly but i do have a bad taste in my mouth about the whole city but also i've always fucking hated that city and you know what they're probably a lot more similar to us than i want to admit and when i visit there i'll probably be like damn this is it's a city by a lake or by a river i should say by a body of water um they probably have a lot of a lot of things more in line with Cincinnati than we want to admit. They've got some weird food situation. I think all they do is throw French fries on their sandwiches. That's also not that weird to me. Um, you know, I've thrown a French fry or two on some fucking Sammies. Throw them in some burritos. Call it a California. You know what I mean? Shit's pretty delicious. Honestly, French fries on anything kind of enhances it. I'll dip French fries into a fucking Kansas City Famous Bowl. Or K Kansas City Famous Bowl. A KFC Famous Bowl. And dip that shit. So now you're dipping potato wedges into mashed potatoes. With gravy and some other stuff in there. Maybe some corn. I'll do that. I'll double up on... I'll starch it up. Just call me Starch Daddy. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck. But I look forward to trying that. And... Uh, other than that, everything's been hospitable. I got a uh, place to stay there. I think some dude hit me up saying I can go to the game with him. So I think I got a ticket to that game also already lined up. So it's just been the, the show and getting that shit rolling. And I'm um, pretty sure we have something. Or I'm, I am sure we have something. So I got that link up on turnercomedy.com. Hit that up. Um, but, yeah, it's been fucking stressful. Doing this whole thing has been stressful. Your boy's been stressed. Um, dealing with the better, though, Hawaii was nice to kind of relieve the stress. Um, and then also it's almost the end of the tour. Not to say that I'm looking forward to it being over, but it has been, um, you know, it's just been something that I learned a lot from and all that shit. But doing something on your own like this has been, um, it's been super rewarding. I'm trying to pat myself on the back more often about it, too. Like, it's been really cool to do the whole thing, but also... Um, it's definitely been a lot of work, so I look forward to next season having a little bit more, hopefully, collaboration with people and stuff like that. Um, you know, get some other people involved, some people that will be able to help a little bit more facilitate things, maybe some sponsorships. I don't know what the fuck we're going to do, but we're going to keep building. We're going to keep growing, building relationships. Speaking of relationships that you could build, I, try, I ran into a guy that I admire on a run today, and uh, I completely, I feel like I came off as a, a crazy person but if you know who bill simmons is you probably do he's a su super famous dude well-known guy does a pocket pretty much owns part of spotify um and he is somebody that i listen to all the time like if i'm li not listening to music i'm listening to a sports podcast of some sort and him and ryan rosillo are like two of my guys and they're both on the ringer and I saw him, I was literally listening to his podcast, and I saw him walking across the street in my neighborhood. This is a, this neighborhood, is there's a lot of wealth around this neighborhood. Again, I'm never trying to flex on you guys. I do rent, but, um, but I rent by, like, a bunch of people that, um, you know, they're doing shit. There's some people that fucking own the color blue in this neighborhood. The mayor lives down the street. 
during the BLM movement, I walked up the street and a lot of people were outside of his home pretty fucking mad. I was, uh, and they were looking at me like the way I look and they were like, are you a cop? You look like a cop. You got cop energy. I was on more on their side than they want to admit. You know, they weren't ready for that. And I wasn't ready to have that conversation. Um, so I just let them think what they think. But either way, I was there to support. But I saw, yeah, I see fucking Bill Simmons. I'm like, dude. I'm like, I got my AirPods in. I'm like, bro, I'm listening to you right now. What's up, bro? And then, but he was across the street. And then we ran. And then like, uh, you know, 100, 200 yards later, he's at this. It's not a stop sign, but it's like a walk, crosswalk across this other street. So then we're there. I'm like, you know. It's like a dog chasing a car. Once you get to the fucking car, you're like, what the fuck do I do? Because I was just like, dude, I, I've actually ran into him before, but it was really brief. And I did kind of the same thing. I was just like, yo, I always usually do. I try to keep it cool as fuck when I see celebrities that I know. I'm al- Like, especially ones that I admire. I'm always like, yo, I appreciate what you do, blah, blah, blah. Like, we had an interaction like a year and a half ago um, by this area of town called Larchmont Village, which, again, is the neighborhood. So it's not weird that he's walking around here. And, um, and then I saw him and I was like, yo, I actually ran into you randomly like a couple years back. I do stand up comedy, blah, blah, blah. And he was, yeah, he was talking about Spotify, looking into comedy and doing all that shit. And, but you could tell that he didn't want it. He was also on a walk. I wasn't trying to be a crazy person. Um, you know, I wasn't trying to be like all up in his business. So there was part of me that was just like, yo, let him do his thing, live his life, whatever like that. And I was on a run, so I was trying to get back to the run. But he was, he did ask me about, like, what Spotify was doing with comics and stuff like that. And I'm, I, I try to hit the run again, and I'm like, dude, I should have told him to fucking follow me. I always do that. When I, when I, right when I leave the situation, I'm like, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that. A lot of people do that. It's called regrets. We all sit with them in the shower when we're screaming ourselves um, in the bathroom. You guys know what I'm talking about. When you call yourself an idiot in the mirror every morning, I'm kidding. I don't do that. It's positive affirmations. But this time, yeah, I was like, he was actually talking about comedy. I did. I I brought up some things. I didn't look crazy, but I was. I ran away, and I was thinking, <laughs> I didn't run away. Like he's, I gotta go run away. But I was literally on a run, and I was like, yo, good to meet you. I shook his hand. I was like, yo, I'm Michael Turner. He said Bill Simmons. It was cool. You know, I I told him I I really love what he does, all that stuff. Like, so I'm probably in my mind thinking it was a weirder interaction than it was. It was pretty normal. He walked that way. I walked this way. And I started running again. And then I'm running again. And the weirdness of running in a neighborhood and seeing some. Then I see him fucking again. And I'm across the street. And I was just thinking about how I should have told him to follow me. And then I do the crazy thing. And across a pretty major street, I'm like, he can he can hear me though I think and I'm like bro, hey follow me on Instagram, Turner Comedy, and he just looked and gave me like a thumbs up, like a weird, it was like a you're crazy okay bud, thumbs up, and uh, now I think I fumbled that back I think I think I had an opportunity to maybe get a follow, I should have been more assertive I should have controlled the narrative a little bit more I should have brought his phone out. But in the moment, it's probably that's where being from the Midwest hurts you in situations where you're I'm probably trying to be too polite or, you know, too catering to their situation. Whereas if I was from New York City, born and raised or even L.A., I would understand that there's an opportunity in front of me. Get this man's phone out and tell him to fucking follow you. Should have told him that I'm following the Bengals. He's a huge sports podcaster. Right. That was an opportunity. But I was running. I wasn't thinking about running into somebody. I was in my zone. So I can't be too hard on myself. At the end of the day, what is he really going to, you know, I don't think he's going to hear something from me and be like, oh, let me change your career, change your life. Let me change your life real quick. Would have been cool if he did, but it's typically not how things happen. Um, But hey, maybe I'll run into him again and I'll be like, hey, remember that dude that was screaming at you from across the street to follow him on Instagram? That's, yeah, that's me, bud. Because the third, like, I saw him from across the street, and then we're walking to a crosswalk, and then there's actually an interaction. Because the cross the street thing where I was like, dude, I'm listening to you right now. That was weird, too, because we're literally walking the same way on different sides of the street. Awkward. But also, it was like, it was crazy. I I was literally listening to his podcast right now. And he appreciated that. And then we're talking and walking. 
and then you part you then you officially part ways in the neighborhood. I'm running this way, he's walking that way. But then my run took back to I was walking or I was running the opposite way of him and he was again on the other side of the street. And I saw him and I took the opportunity to scream that he should follow me on Instagram. Maybe I should have just kept kept it <laughs> should have kept it uh a little bit more composed. You know? But that is hey. But you live and you learn. If I see him again, hopefully he doesn't think I'm a fucking creep. But um yeah, I uh that's that's where your boys at. Just making, you know, making interactions with people and stuff like that. Um what else have I been up to though? I did do uh last weekend I went to Central Valley, California. Um I'm in love with a girl right now who is from that area and we go there a decent amount to see her family and shit like that. And uh yeah, we did a little Christmas thing. We did um some holiday gift exchange thing, like a white elephant thing. Those are pretty fucking stupid, but it was fun. We did the simple thing when we were in Hawaii. We bought some Honolulu cookies and got them for them. Nobody's upset with cookies. Cost you, you know, 20 bucks cooking with gas. You know what I mean? Um, we got some matching, um, what's it called? Everybody had to wear pajamas. Got some matching Christmas pajamas. And honestly, I'm always like, dude, I, we look fantastic. I look pretty great in pajamas. As you guys know, I always wear sweatpants, but... Um, you know, honestly, I'm pretty, I'm always pretty pajama adjacent. I can pass out at any time with sweatpants on. You know what I mean? I'll take a nap whenever I need to. So pajamas is very comfortable. And there was no Puma ones involved, but it was, it was, a, uh, it was good. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we did the, the whole family thing though. It's not, and then last time, I don't know if you remember, hopefully you listen to the podcast regularly enough where the last time I was there, there was a guy that is now dating one of her other sisters and uh she got a big family there were four or five siblings there just this weekend um and there's this new white dude that's dating one of her sisters in the situation so he's now the dude that they're grilling because i've already been through that shit with the family i think they i think i've won them over actually they fuck with me pretty heavy which is good um and so I uh, I get to observe this other guy getting just the fucking George Foreman grill sessions, which is nice. Um, and they don't let up. And they're very loud, and it's pretty chaotic every time. So um, it was nice to see it, but this time this dude ended up... There's a, a niece or two nieces and a nephew involved. So there's a couple of the people have kids, and the youngest um, nephew... Probably can't be more than seven years old. I don't know. And uh, the guy that's the new guy in town, the new the new honky on the block, made the little kid cry. So that's fun. He's in the shitter now, which is exciting. for. So now pressure's completely off me. Now I'm like a, a king over there. I'm running shit in this family, which is great. Got a lot of authority. Because I know when you're interacting with young children in the family... You actually don't try to pander to them. Now, that is a move. It's a veteran move in a family dynamic situation like this. You want to actually make the kids like you in order to make the whole family respect you a lot more. It is a calculated move. It's a high-risk, high-reward situation. Um, the risk, obviously, being if you do something that the kid doesn't like, he's going to either cry or just not like you, and then you're you're not in this situation, and they're going to complain to their parents about you. And then you're doing he said, she said versus seven-year-old. And you are not genetically attached to this family. And they do not trust you over the seven-year-old. Which is crazy because they actually should trust you over the seven-year-old. Um, you know, unless you touch the kid. And in that case, you know, then you're then it's an uphill battle with the truth situation. What really happened? You know I mean? Just don't touch the kid. But he didn't touch the kid. He, I think uh, it was something super simple. Like, just was, like, said a simple joke. Or trying to be, like, fun with him. Kid's fucking crying. Seven-year-old. What are you going to do? They fucking cry. You know what I mean? Um, and they're not going to blame it on themselves or their instability of uh, having emotional control over the situation. No. They're going to point blame. These fucking kids, you can't trust them. That's why you don't, you don't go in there. You don't try it. 
You just fucking. That's why I, this kid. Uh, I don't even know that much about the kid. I do know. He will cry. So you don't want to instigate that. Keep your distance. Think he likes anime? I tell him that's really cool. I don't say anything negative about anime. When he leaves, I hug him goodbye. When he shows up, I hug him hello. That's it. I, I don't I- initiate any interactions with these children. Fuck these kids. You know what I'm saying? They're going to be fine. And if I do interact too much, they're going to say some mean shit to me. And then I'm going to fucking cry. You know what I'm saying? You, ever, you talk to a kid recently? They're fucking brutal. Under 10. These guys don't have a fucking filter. You know what I mean? Teenagers, they're fine. Because they know how... They know what's going on. And they actually kind of sometimes look at the adults like they're cool. Which, you know, they couldn't be further from the truth on that. But um, but also, like, I'm a comedian. So they actually... These, there's, some, there's a couple of teenagers involved, too. They actually, I think, think I'm cool. Or... I think that they think I'm cool, and really, that's all that I need, you know. If they and they're if they're lying, they're doing a good job at that. But I'm pretty sure they think that I'm cool. So, either way, Fresno was rowdy. We got to go do some. You um, hit some local spots. That's a tough little tough little city, is what it is. It's right in the middle of uh, California, and it's a lot like the Midwest, which is. Um, it kind of reminds me of. Not Cincinnati so much so, but like a town that would be in Ohio or like the Midwest. Um, and it's grimy. But I did have some of the best tacos that I've... Some of the better tacos that I've ever had, I will say. Um, these small California towns. Once you get out of L.A., San Francisco, they got some shit going on. They got good tacos. Um, they might have like a couple of decent restaurants that you'd be surprised by. And they have gang violence. I know that much. They definitely have some fucking spicy stuff going on in those cities. Um, you might want to steer clear of. Know, know your spots in these cities. Fresno, Bakersfield, Stockton. A lot of, lot of MMA energy in these cities. We went to a place um, called uh, the Dog House. When I was there, and it's like the best sandwich in town. It's a tri-tip sandwich. It's I've had better tri-tip. I'm not going to tell them that. They think it's the best thing they've ever had. Okay. The barbecue sauce is whatever, but it's good. It's 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 a good sandwich. It's a good sandwich to have in the town. Sometimes you're like, this isn't the best thing I've ever had. But like within the town, I understand how this is a popular place. It's good. It's affordable. And it's got a big-ass bar where you can tell... That every Friday or every Saturday, whenever they do the MMA fights, it is fucking probably packed to the gills, and they're fucking screaming at each other, and there is a fight going on in those parking lots. And right next door is a Buffalo Wild Wings, and I bet that there's a fucking you know there's a rivalry between those bars. Maybe there's maybe whoever has the the best fight in the Buffy, Buffalo Wild Wings parking lot then f- gets to fight the person that has the that wins the best fight in the in the dog pound parking lot, something like that. I don't know. It's right by Fresno State campus. So then you're going to fight a 19-year-old with a bunch of unchecked white aggression that hasn't really kind of figured himself out or the relationship that he has or doesn't have with his father. You know? All those people are going to fight somewhere. Probably the one of these parking lots is going to have some blood on it by the end of it. And I think that's fun to think about. But I did. I went back there. Every time we go back there, it's nice. I got good good people back there. She's so got a good family. Um, they're insane. And I say that with love, but I was raised in a family that is insane. And so I think, I think, uh, it's nice, you know, like my family vacations. I remember I, all I remember about my family vacations are like the most chaotic screaming matches ever. And so, um, yeah, I don't know if it's a Vietnamese thing. I think it actually is. Um, cause it's definitely not an Asian culture thing. It's one thing I'm realizing being with somebody that's of uh, Asian background is that the, there's different Asians, which, you know, I know that sounds like I'm a dumbass saying that. Of course, there's different Asians, Mike. I get that. But like, you know, they're completely different. Some of them are just, you know, some of them are pretty reserved people, pretty mild mannered people. And then there's insane ones too: Filipino, Vietnamese, Cambodian, I've heard. Uh, some people Laos which is like Vietnamese adjacent or Vietnam Vietnam adjacent like right next to it and uh, 
loud for sure, but also very funny, very like fun. Um, and they will also talk shit to your face about you. And you got to be ready for that. For sure. For sure. And I was born ready for that. But my, my family growing up, Irish Catholic from the East Coast. Um, and then we mixed one of the families was uh, more Italian and Irish. My Aunt Roberta married an Italian guy. And um, those family reunions were, yeah, crazy. Or not family reunions, just family functions. Any time the family got together. I remember probably a two-hour argument, and every and people are just screaming. And uh, that's the other thing, too, is, like, my girl's family, like, they're loud, and they're crazy, and they're just screaming, but they're actually having fun. It's usually, like, a fun thing. My family's loud and screaming at each other with opposite opinions and completely think that you're wrong and they're going to tell you why and you're not going to be able to get a word in edgewise and uh like the one time there was a two-hour argument about howard stern i don't even think it was like about a specific thing he said or anything i think it was just about howard stern this is like the late 90s so it wasn't even like it was like when he was radio the height of the radio shit but now howard stern it's so funny to think about where he is now and now he's like media mogul and all that shit but um yeah, it was like a crazy argument just about Howard Stern. Remember, those are the memories I have. Or one time there was an argument at the dinner table that my Aunt Jean threw a biscuit at my Uncle Jack. Or a bread roll, whatever you want to call it. Um, harder harder one. Not the Bennigan's soft boys or like a sweet roll from Texas Roadhouse, you might be thinking. No, this is more of a scone in, in texture. Um not to say that it wasn't delicious inside when you break it down, but you know you could fucking hit somebody with this thing. You know that was a that was a memory I have. And then um, what else? Just screaming, emotional uh, memories. You know, we we all love each other at the end. You know that's how we that's our that's our love language is uh, disagreeing with one another. Isn't that fun? I say that to say happy. Hanukkah and Merry Christmas to all of you. We're in a nice nice time of the year, you know? Those are memories I have. I try to remember Christmas and Thanksgiving with the fam. <laughs> it's typically just insanity. Um, no, there were some there were some nice ones. Sometimes we would just chill. As you age you chill a little bit more. Cause this is when like my aunts and uncles were all and my mom was like in their fifties or something like that, you know? Now they're in their seventies, eighties. My Aunt Roberta just broke her hip and then, like, fell right away when she got back. People are getting old. Old as shit. Um, not old as shit. But, yeah, pretty much old. They're, hey, they're as old as the president. Figure that out. You know what I mean? These are old motherfuckers. And, um, yeah, it's uh, the holiday time is always... That's why I don't, I don't really prioritize doing... The nicest shit for the holidays. I do like to always be around family. Whenever you can be around family, be around family. It's all you got in the end. Typically, as you get older in this life, you realize that the friends, sometimes they come and go. Got your core friends. Keep them close. Show them love. Stay in communication with them as much as you can. But at the end of the day, it's really just the fam. And um, so you try. To, I try to get back whenever I can, but it's never really revolved around the holidays. You know, I don't have the happiest memories of growing up um, Christmas time and shit like that. It was fine, but, we, you know, my parents got divorced when I was like nine or something like that. And, uh, you know, it wasn't like we were always just trying to figure out Christmas. It wasn't like I was getting all my friends were. I would go over to my friends' houses and they would be like, yo, I got this, this, this and this. I got Xbox and all that shit. And I'd just be like, yo, I'm pulling up every weekend. So now we got Xbox, you know. I never got the Xbox, but they got Xbox. Um, but, yeah, Christmas wasn't like, you know, always something that I was always like mandatory to go home with or go home to or something like that, too. I was always like during high, uh, college and shit, I was always working. I worked at a uh, hotel for all those years. Worst thing about working at a hotel is what do they do on the holidays? tell you what they don't do they don't fucking close so i was always working every holiday for like 
all of college for sure. And then like I had that job for a couple of years after college. Because if you remember, I graduated into one of the worst financial situations the country had ever seen. Um, shout out to the baby boomers that raised me. But the um, so yeah, we I couldn't go back for Christmas a lot for that. Um, you know, wasn't always a a thing that I prioritized. And now, you know, I wish I was stunting harder than I I am, but it's hard to navigate going back and then traveling to these shows and shit like that. Like I got to go to Pittsburgh the days before Christmas. Then I got to go to Kansas city the week after Christmas. I don't know if you know how expensive these fucking travels are, but like, I can't be switching it up, adding another flight in and shit like that. So it sucks. I wish it was different, but, um, I won't be able to get back this Christmas. This is really a long way of me trying to trying to tell you guys that, but I'm gonna be all right. I'm being fucking, Pittsburgh on Christmas Eve. You guys better not fuck this up. And honestly, as long as the Bengals win, I'll be alright. You know what I'm saying? I'll be good. Speaking of which, the Bengals are fucking balling again. What the fuck's going on? This is crazy shit. I know, like, going to Jacksonville and, like, getting that W was pretty dope. Loved that. Primetime game. Also, like, I remember thinking, you know... Jacksonville, you're not really like I wasn't too worried about they that's the type of team that is gonna have a letdown game always. They did they have definitely not been a team that has proven that they can step up on the primetime scale and like and and that was the Bengals for years. So like I get it. I know how that feels. But it's funny now looking at it from the outside or looking in and watching the Jaguars trying to be more because the Bengals have, I don't say, I want to say they've exercised all the demons because we still want to win that Super Bowl and all that shit. But damn, we've gotten through a lot of different shit. We've won primetime games now. We win playoff games now. We win playoff road games. We win primetime road games, all that type of shit. So it's like we, we are a team that has different expectations going into things. And now you look at the Jaguars who are like trying to be that, like when I was telling you all in Jacksonville, like those, those fans were confident as fuck and you just wanted to tell them like yo it ain't always gonna be like this so you kind of expect them to lose a game like that they came in there their fans were talking a lot of shit and then you know the team can't back it up you just want to tell these fans to like chill a little bit right so it wasn't shocking that we won that game but to go into we didn't go into indianapolis we were in cincinnati then we had the colts come in but like the colts are pretty frisky would you call it I would say kind of evenly matched with what the the Bengals are doing. It wasn't an uneven game. I don't know. Like, they have a really good defense. We don't have um, our quarterback. So, like, they should be able to kind of scheme against that. We also haven't had, like, the offensive numbers that we've typically had in the past, specifically without Joe Burrow, but also, like, even with Joe Burrow, we weren't really popping on offense that much. So the Colts, I was like, ah, they could they could give us fits. They've got a decent run game, even without Jonathan Taylor, all that shit. So it was, like, a pretty even game. You didn't know. It was, like, the, the line was, like, two and a half, three maybe. And to go into that game and, like, first of all, take a 14 nothing lead, you're like, all right, let's fucking go. And then to let up a 14 nothing lead, and to have them tie the game at 14 before halftime with the way that they did. And, like, they scored in, like, 30 seconds. Yeah, like, 30 seconds or something. Because they scored and then they had a pick six, like, the next possession that we had. To do that and then go into halftime and then outscore them 20 to nothing in the second half, like, that's fucking I, – I, I don't give a shit who you're playing in the NFL. That shit is hard to do. Um, and super impressed with the squad right now. Super impressed with Jake Browning. Back-to-back weeks, just balling. Um, it's dope. It's exciting. It's kind of neat to have, like, a team that you're, like, emotionally. You guys fucking heard it in my voice a couple weeks ago. Like, I wasn't I wasn't out on them. I was going to continue to root for them, obviously. That's my squad. And, like, I was saying, like, you know, I've rooted for John Kitna before. You don't think Jake Browning can fucking do this shit? But it was like I was saying, like, Jake Browning – is probably better than, like, 15, 18 starting quarterbacks right now in the league. And I say that considering the fact that 15 to 18 of the fucking quarterbacks in the league are backup quarterbacks right now. 
Like, there's only like 10, 12 teams that have the same starter that they started the season with. Or, like, they've benched their starter or something like that. Like, there's second, third string guys on almost on the majority of teams in the NFL. I might be, like, exaggerating that number, but, it, like, it sure as fuck feels like that. For sure. And one of those quarterbacks is Baker Mayfield. Hasn't missed a start this year, right? Like, that's not even... I don't think Jake Browning's better than Baker Mayfield, but I don't think he's that much worse. You know? Like, I, I think he's, like, right in the middle of the pack in the NFL right now, Jake Browning, as far as starting quarterback in the league, which is crazy. And we have also a team that has gone to two AFC championship games. And for the most part, it's the team that we have. Like, it's like 70% of these guys on the team right now have been in these big games. you got the same coaching staff. Uh, you know, most importantly, you got the same head coach. Like, this is a dude that's figured it out. And what have we always done? We got hot late in the season. This team looks like it's getting – the offense specifically looks like it's connecting in all the right ways. Even more specifically within the offense, the offensive line looks like it's, like, locked in. I don't know if it's because Burrow's out that they, like, have gotten, like, more focused on, like, yo, we got to protect this guy. Or it's just a matter of the season goes on and you gel as, a, as an offensive line. You know, Jonah Williams is a different spot. We got a new left tackle, pretty much a new right tackle, even though he was there last year. He's in a different position. So – You've got a team that's kind of still got a gel or a unit, an offensive line unit. They look like they're playing as good as they've looked this whole year, for sure. And so, and now we got a running back that we didn't have all year that's healthy, and uh, we drafted for that this very reason. This dude, Chase Brown, is fucking balling. He's only played the last two weeks, but, like, you know, don't take a lot to get me fucking juiced up on you. And... The whole year we were just running mixing till he fucking couldn't run anymore. Talked shit about him. He looks tired. He looks old and all that shit. It's like, well, he's also like the only dude running the ball for, you know, most of the season. Looks like we got a dude now, Chase Brown. And looks like we can run the fucking screenplay like a motherfucker. I know we had that even in the arsenal. Burrow never fucking has that. So it's exciting. The Bengals could be. So now they play. Uh, they beat the Colts, and now they play the Minnesota Vikings with yet another backup quarterback. That's the other thing. You look at the next four games, other than Patrick Mahomes in week 17 in Kansas City, we could potentially be playing three backup quarterbacks, and one of them wasn't even in the league up until like two weeks ago with Joe Flacco and the Browns, and that's four weeks from now. I'm not saying I wish it happens, but shit, this motherfucker could be injured at any time. He's a statuesque quarterback. In the AFC North that comes to fucking hit you every fucking week. He could take a nasty hit at any time. Um, so, but he actually looked like he could be, you know, it's crazy to see Joe Flacco <laughs> in, the, in the NFL still slinging the ball. That's wild. But I'll tell you what I do not is I don't fear that motherfucker. Um, you know, we played Joe Flacco for many years. Fuck that dude. But, um, yeah, so we play the uh, Minnesota Vikings with – they don't even have Dobbs in anymore. They took him out, and they got Nick Mullins in. Journeyman. And then Pittsburgh, the week after, is – I don't know I don't know what the status is on Kenny Pickett, but he's not playing this week. And he had ankle surgery? That doesn't sound good. Um, even if he's back, he's not going to be 100%. And if he isn't back, we got Mitch Trubisky. And then you got the Chiefs in Kansas City – and don't get me fucking revved up for that game in three weeks. Are you kidding me? I would love to see that. Side note, the fucking Chiefs, if you've watched the NFL as a whole, you probably saw the biggest story this week is the um, Patrick Mahomes was bitching about the calls. The offensive um, offsides was called on them, and it took away a play, which I will agree would have been one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life That if that touchdown stood – that would have been a replay that we would see for years. Um, there's a Travis Kelsey, like, 30-yard catch and run, and then he looked back to the left and threw a lateral pass behind him to Tony, and then Tony scored a touchdown. You, it, that was pretty fucking cool. I'll give you that. But the, the motherfucker was offsides. And Patrick Mahomes went in on the refs afterwards on the sideline and all that shit. 
I just want to say I fucking love it because I do not like, I don't know what it is, but I didn't even realize it was so much hate because uh, the Bengals and the Chiefs have played in the back-to-back AFC championships in the last two years. And the Bengals won one, the Chiefs won one, and then two regular season matchups, the Bengals won two. So the Bengals are 3-1, and one, having at one point won three in a row, but the Chiefs won the most recent one, and then the Chiefs went on to win the Super Bowl after that game. So, like, they have the whatever. the, mo- the If you're looking at the recency thing, they, they won the most recent game, but they fucking don't like us at all. And some of it has to do with the team. Some of it has to do with the fucking mayor saying Burrowhead and, like, writing a fucking letter to the city of Kansas City. Like, did nobody ask you to do that, mayor, whoever? What the fuck? But Chiefs fans have been chirping. Whenever anything bad happens with the Bengals, even if they lose a regular season game, if you go on Twitter and look at Chiefs fans, they're talking shit about the Bengals. They were, which just leads me to believe that we're in their head, which is a nice thing. That's where you want to be. They're always thinking about us, and they're always looking for us to go down. But you don't want the, – the haters – it's just weak shit. Like, when they lose, I actually don't give a fuck. But now, all they've been talking all that shit. I'm not – I wasn't rooting for them to lose, actually. Um, Well, I don't know. I don't know how I felt about that game. It was the, against the Bills. Whoever – like, the Bills winning would put them at 7-6. So, I guess the Bengals don't want – they want more people to lose. But – Whatever, I didn't give a fuck who won that game, really. It was a good game. It was an exciting game and all that shit, uh, at least how it ended. And um, the Bills end up winning, and Mahomes is at the fucking conference, uh, the post-game conference, talking all that shit about the refs and being a little bitch. I just love that this dude is exposing himself for being a bitch, which I, I just, I, it just makes me love our quarterback more, makes me love Joe Burrow more. It's like the same week that Joe Burrow's injured and he gives a suite to Jake Browning's family, which is dope. Also, it's like, you know, people are like, oh, that's the craziest thing in the world. That's the most generous thing in the world. It's like, dude, my boy's making 300 milli. You kidding me? Between the contracts and the Bose money coming in? If he doesn't do that, that's actually kind of fucking weird. But one, one thing we know about our guy, he's the fucking man. You know what I'm saying? He's going to do shit like that. Of course, he let Jake Browning's family take the fucking suite. And um, he... The, the I will say the one thing, the worst thing that Patrick Mahomes did, though, was he went up to Josh Allen after they lost the game, and he was complaining about the call to Josh Allen. It's like, bro, dude just won the game. Congratulate him and walk the fuck away. Like, Joe Burrow has lost a game to you. He lost a game last year where you got five downs on a drive. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've lost games on some petty shit too. Like the fucking holding call in the playoffs or in the, in the Super Bowl, I should say the most important stage in football, in sports, we got a bullshit ass holding call called on us in the most important play of that whole fucking thing. Right. Also, Aaron Donald was offsides on the fourth and two play that ended the game in the Super Bowl, had his whole fucking head across. They don't call it. They do call it. The refs fucking suck. The refs always suck. The refs, for the most part, have helped you get to fucking where you're at. They haven't then, but also, I'm not hit, sitting here saying that he hasn't gotten to where he is because of the refs. You know what I'm saying? He's a great quarterback. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks the league's ever seen, and that's in, with or without the refs doing what they do. But like, when you don't get a call and it fucks up your whole thing, shut the fuck up, dude. Take the fucking out. Be a fucking man, dude. I know I'm saying this from my couch and I'm sure in the heat of the moment, whatever, but like, bro, a bunch of people in the heat of the moment would never act like that. You act like a dude that's getting fucking like used to getting the calls. It actually makes a lot of sense because you have always gotten the calls. You get one. That motherfucker's foot was across the ball. The ref said they couldn't fucking see the ball. Talk to your boy. Talk to your man. Don't bitch like that. Go to Josh Allen. Tell him congratulations on the game. Get the fuck over it, bro. Or at least, like, be angry, but don't be angry there. So I love to see that. I love to see all the people bagging on him all week. Because I heard a lot of people talking, and the most common theme I heard was they just lost respect for him. And I love that. Because, you know, I don't know what Joe Burrow's future is going to be. But all I know is the way that he operates and the way that he handles himself isn't like that. He could... 
God, I hope this motherfucker wins a couple Super Bowls for us and all that type of shit. But let like let's say we get some brutal losses in the future. You know what he's gonna know what he's do he's gonna have a backbone. He's gonna say congratulations. He's gonna do the right thing because he's a fucking man. He's just a simple dude from Athens, Ohio. You know what I'm saying? With his big ass dick and a fucking sight to see the fucking field like no quarterback has ever seen before. God bless you, Joe Burrow, and thank you for being the man that Jake Browning could count on for fucking booth. For his family and a dude to fucking vent to in the quarterback room to lock in and get these W's right. You know what I mean? I love what's going on in Cincinnati right now. And I love that Kansas City is going through what they're going through. And I hate to say that even being a hater. I'm like, honestly, I'm not, I'm never like hating on another team, but they hate so much on us that all I'm just saying is just nice to see him expose himself for what he is and people lose a little respect for him because I don't think that that move deserved to be respected. So fuck that shit. Grow up, bro. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, otherwise I have some other things written down too. I wanted to talk to you guys about, um, also if you, there was a glitch a little bit ago, I had another back to back weeks. I had the, the recording thing last week. And then this week, my damn, um, video recorder, told me I didn't have enough fucking memory on the thing. So, I apologize. There, like, 12 minutes ago, there might have been a little... You guys will be alright, though. During the during the Jaguars rant, I believe it was. Oh, what oh what else have I been up to? You know what I did? I watched... Um, I didn't even hear about this coming out, but Netflix just dropped a movie with Julia Roberts and uh, Ethan Hawke. We fucking love Ethan Hawke over here. Um, big Ethan Hawke guy. Shout out to Jake Hoyt training day uh he was also in Gattaca just a fantastic film but um they got a movie called leave the world behind also has uh I always fuck up his first name Mahashira Mahashira Ali in it uh also big fan of him I actually am a fan of the true detective season three that he was in with uh Stephen Dorff aka Frost from Blade um but so if you haven't seen that, actually check that out. I heard they got a season four coming out, True Detective. I always give them a chance, even though season two sucked. Season one bought enough stock in it to trust the process, see it through. So they had this movie called Leave the World Behind. I th- I'm pretty sure it's called that. It's something like that. But you guys probably know what I'm talking about. If you've been on social media this week um, or if you're on Netflix, it was like the number one show. So it's like the one that they're throwing in your face every time you open up the app. Um, crazy little movie. I actually didn't know what it was about, really, at all. I didn't hear anything really about it. And I just heard it was all right. People were saying, check this out, blah, blah, blah. Checked out the preview. And I was like, oh, that seems interesting. It's about, like, uh, potential, not apocalyptic type things, but more, I guess it's a little little close to that. But um, more like the, um, you know, we live in a world where we're very reliant on all these these things, technology and stuff like that, and how those things can get taken away from you real quick, and what the fuck would we be doing? And that was a crazy, uh, crazy flick. Check that one out. Dive in. I honestly don't even know if it was good or not. It was It was actually good. I also got, got into it. I was going to definitely watch it because Sam Esmail uh, directed it and wrote it. Um, but the craziest thing was that the Obamas actually produced it and then it's about pretty much, uh, attack on the government or America in a very, in a way that feels very real and like possible. That's a wild thing is living these days. Like you just like, man, some hacker out there has got to be good enough to just fucking take the whole thing down. Whether it's like, fuck the water system up, fuck the electricity up, fuck the thing up. This one took it as far as like, they'd fuck the satellites up. And I'm not spoiling too much. You know pretty pretty quick into the movie um, that shit is fucked up. And then like, the movie's kind of about how you deal with that. And, you know, this, this situation between the family that we're following and then who they interact with. But, um, wild little flick. I like, I like flicks like that. I also get like th- this this movie has sat with me is what I would say. It sat with me and then also like I was looking up um sometimes on a movie like that I'll like 
it has an ending that's kind of ambiguous. So then I want to see what people are talking about on the internet about it. So I looked up leave it all, leave the world behind ending. I googled it and then I went on Twitter to see what people were talking about. And now the algorithm on Twitter specifically, or I keep calling it Twitter. You guys know what the fuck I'm talking about. X. Um, now my algorithm is just the most deep conspiracy theories <laughs> that you can imagine. I'm on a watch list right now. As, uh, as if I'm not already. I've talked about 9-11 enough um, on stand-up and also JFK's assassination enough to uh, definitely be on some several watch lists. But um, yeah, now my, my the X feed is just like deep stuff i think i had a whole 30 minute video on bohemian grove last night last night I was trying to dive into that um it's uh it's interesting shit but it got my brain working towards end of the world type stuff it's a it's a strange time i don't know like i was talking about the other week when i was trying to break down news articles and shit like that like literally if you just look up like the drudge report and shit like that like look at all the fucking headlines it just feels like it's the darkest of dark headlines every fucking time um like i was just looking at um uh, something recently how they were saying that nostradamus predicts like 2024 might be i don't know like the the floods will happen and shit like that first of all nostradamus you ever looked at these predictions that this dude had? I mean, that's pretty... I, I don't know if you've ever gone to a palm reader or like a, somebody that's a fortune teller, so to speak, or whatever they call themselves, a psychic. Um, the These people are just saying profoundly vague things that could be attached to anything in your life. Nostradamus, there's one thing that's like the, the, the villain in red is going to strike again, and they're like, well, he's probably talking about China because they have red in their flag. A lot of fucking countries got red in their flag, okay? I think red is the most popular, easily the most popular color for any flag. I can think of five flags, they all got red in it. England, America. Doesn't Germany have red? Am I wrong there? I think I'm right. Uh, China, Vietnam, Japan. A lot of red stuff. Could be anybody. Russia, for sure, I think. I don't know. Yes, they do. And, uh, you know, it's what, what you know, I was, I was reading one thing like um, Nostradamus 2024. Um, he's got some he's got some pretty scathing things to say about what the next the next couple years look like. Twenty four predictions revealed war and famine. Um, brace yourselves for famine. And then he's credited for seeing the rise of Adolf Hitler, the assassinated John F. Kennedy, and the September 11th attacks, and COVID. How is he getting credited with all these? He thinks Prince Harry is going to become the king. Is that really a crazy thing to think that a prince is going to become a king? It's a pretty easy prediction. Um, China wages war because there's a red adversary that will become pale with fear, putting the great ocean in dread. These are just crazy sentences that you're like, well, he's probably talking about this. Climate crisis has become more apparent in recent years. He predicts it will get worse. The dry earth will grow more parched and there will be great floods when it is seen. And then there's going to be a new pope. Which, you know, you could always every year predict one of these old motherfuckers is going to die. You know what I'm saying? He's 87. I don't know. I got to look more into this Nostradamus feller. Is it? You know, is it going to be? But then there's there's nice headlines on here too. Inside Germany's drive-through brothels, that's fun, and it breaks down how there's some, um, pretty much some motorhomes on the side of a highway that you can just stop off for and for 25 pounds, just bust a load in one of these broads, or non-broads. I think I'm sure there's some men. Um, you know, wormholes a wormhole, but it really, you know, give leave it to the Germans to maximize the use of mobile homes. Those things aren't supposed to sit there and raise a family. You kidding me? You're supposed to go in there, pump, dump, get on out. You know what I'm saying? So that's fun. Good for Germany. Um, and then, you know, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. I hope that it's not – I don't hope it's uh, – end of days in my lifetime but it is it is interesting to uh 
you know, I've said this before to you guys. I just think it's it's fun to know that we're definitely nearing the end of the world as we know it. And that's what that was the biggest thing with this with this movie is uh I don't know, like movies like that you're sometimes like, are they trying to tell us something? You ever think that like they're trying to I I guess I get scared of movies like that cuz you're like, yo, is somebody going to watch this movie and be inspired to do the thing that they're saying? To have the cyber attack that will fuck things up and shit like that. Because there's crazy motherfuckers out there. And all it takes is that, that we're kind of on a ticking time bomb in this situation. But we've always been like that. It's really like we live on this world and it just takes one crazy motherfucker to be driven enough to go do the thing that will fuck all of us up. So, you know, it was like at one point it was Hitler. Hitler was a crazy motherfucker that was like, yo, I'm going to take this whole fucking thing over. But the craziest thing, and not to have a direct correlation, but the craziest thing on the opposite side of that is like, you know, there were religions too that like at some point they were like, yo, let's take this whole fucking thing over. And they did that. Specifically, Catholicism and Christianity. Like, they did take over the world. And they just would pull up on any country that they could and force this shit down your fucking throats. And they would torture you if you didn't go with it. There's all the torture methods that you see. Started with the holy wars, pretty much. And they didn't start with them, but, like, they were fucking executed with them. And um, so that's weird to think about, too. It's always, like, that one. But it all it takes now, it doesn't take a dude to get people on its side, too. That's that's the thing that's, like, scarier now. It's, like, you don't have to actually get a bunch of people to agree with you or to admit that we'll be on your side or whatever like that. I'll I'll worship your God or I'll tell you that you're the dictator or whatever like that you really just got to have a fucking a virus or like a whatever it is like a cyber attack or the ability to be able to fuck up all these systems and we're fucked we're all just fucked and when it goes back to that then we're just humans again that are pretty fucking incapable of a lot of things um that's that's a big takeaway from the movie is like you know when you really strip away all this shit from us we we don't have a lot going on that's for sure and then the other perspective that you could watch the movie through too is how you how divided you get when you are in those situations. When everything's taken away, how do humans divide themselves? Whether it be because the the movie presents a lot of different ways it can. You can divide yourself with race, which is something that there's a white family and then there's uh, not a black family but a father and a daughter. I guess that's a family, right? Um, that's in it. You can divide yourself by race. You can divide yourself by at one point, there's a split between men and women in the movie. Um, there's a split between the haves and the haves not, like the the wealthy and the the I guess poor um, or poorer. There's a split between like the city people and the rural people. There's a lot of different splits with it. So the movie is really about how divided we are as a country, and when situations like this come to come down we should probably be better to each other. And so, it's an interesting movie, though. It's sad with me, for sure. I've thought about it a lot. Um, and, um, you know, it'll make you a little a little concerned if I'm coming off as concerned. Uh, I was a little bit. I haven't watched it. Um, but, yeah, check that. I would still give, I would give it a hard vouch. I would check it out. Julia Roberts is in it. I was like her. Uh, again, Ethan Hawke, Mahashira Ali, and then that chick uh, that plays his daughter is uh, this chick from this English movie that I was watching. What's it called? I forget what the fuck it was called, but it was on HBO for a season. She was pretty good. And then Kevin Bacon shows up. And I fucking love Kevin Bacon. Shout out to him. Still doing shit. Doing it right. So, check that one out. Um... And then the other thing I've been watching is Murder at the End of the World. I would give that a, I would give that a vouch as well. It's Clive Owen. It's uh, this chick that I don't know. This young actress is like the main person that is um, an author that gets invited to this big getaway. In uh, they go to Iceland, and then they go to this hotel of like the mega rich. Like this dude Clive Owen is kind of playing like the maybe like the Elon Musk type. And um, within the first day, somebody gets 
somebody dies and then it looks kind of suspicious and the chick that is there the main female in the in the uh show is an author that authored a book about like solving a crime she solved a cold case and so she gets pretty sleuthy with it starts diving into stuff a little sherlock holmes energy not really but a little bit um but it's been interesting i've enjoyed watching so far i'm on like episode five right now i think there's seven episodes and i'm pretty sure we're gonna solve this fucking crime in the next two epis which is pretty exciting too so that's that's fun stuff people keep dying and uh there's murder and it's at the end of the world and we're gonna get to the bottom of it and people are cold as shit in it so check that out too that's on hulu um but yeah just been doing that lately and uh trying to chill i got like a week or so until i go to pittsburgh so i'll go to pittsburgh on the 21st do the show on the 22nd the game on the 23rd and then head back to la and then i'll go to kansas city after that and then i'm lining up stuff for 2024 also if you're watching this and you live in a city that i haven't been to go to um instagram let me know what city i should be going to um i'm definitely trying to line up some cities that i haven't ever been to and, and keep the tours going and shit like that so i appreciate all the support hit up turnercomedy.com get yourself some xmas uh shit some christmas stuff uh from the website and then um yeah come see me holla at your boy keep sharing all my shit keep liking my shit keep double tapping my shit um i love you guys appreciate you guys talk to you soon peace